Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The big story, uh, in addition to the protests and what happened with the NBA, I think is what happened last night. And that is the way that the Republican National uh, Convention uh, uh, finished up with uh, Donald Trump accepting the nomination. There were some things that were totally expected. Uh, There were things that were totally unexpected and the way it uh, played out. Uh, First and foremost, uh, using the White House as a backdrop, if you're talking about uh, sheer television, sheer entertainment, drama, nothing could ever be what uh, happened last night. Uh, It was brilliantly done visually. Uh, The president accepting on the stage, they they built a a stage in front of uh, the White House. The White House was lit. Brilliantly, American flags uh, were uh, hung all uh, all behind the speaker's podium. I mean, it was pretty dramatic. And then at the end of uh, the president's uh, speech, uh, the fireworks over the Washington Monument. I mean, spectacular. Well, and, and there was already some consternation about that. Why? Because... Uh, under the Hatch Act, using federal property and federal officials becoming political, uh, it can't be done. But nothing is going to uh, change that up. Uh, some of the things that were fairly surprising, the president was actually low-key relative to what he do, uh, what uh, he is about uh, normally. Usually uh, there's a, a lot more vitriol. He is much more animated. He was fairly low-key in comparison. The other thing I noticed is... There really wasn't a personal attack against Joe Biden. It wasn't sleepy Joe. It wasn't doddering old Joe. Uh, The way he described the Democrats and Joe Biden uh, was strictly on policy. What is going to happen under a Joe Biden presidency? Not a, you know, you're uh, falling apart. I thought they were going to call Joe Biden Mad Max Joe because that's the way the world's going to be if a Democrat, if Joe Biden is elected. Uh, probably the uh, most, I would say, animated, uh, the vitriolic, uh, rabid-looking uh, speaker was Giuliani, who, as usual, went over the top. You know, at one point, Giuliani was actually considered uh, one of the premier politicians superbly successful as a mayor and an attorney general uh, the new in New York or U.S. attorney in New York going after the mafia. I mean, truly, he was considered uh, a pretty high-end figure. Of course, that all went through to hell when he became a spokesperson for the president. And it went all the way. I mean, it ran the gamut. Uh, the first three days was red meat for the base. I mean, it was just that simple. Last night was very different. You had Melania who acknowledged uh, the pain of the protesters and what was going on uh, and uh, how the president is affected. You had Ivanka, uh, extraordinary, saying, hey, if you knew him the way I knew him, once you remove the cameras and the microphones, 
you will see a man who is so compassionate, a man who truly cares deeply about African-Americans, a man who cares uh, about immigrants, uh, just painting him as uh, one of the most compassionate, considerate people you could ever meet, if you knew him, if you could meet him and talk to him. I mean, that was pretty extraordinary. Ben Carson, uh, who is the only black cabinet uh, member, uh, said, you don't know him. He is uh, the greatest uh, pro-African-American president. Uh, Donald Trump said, I have done more for the African-American community than any president in history, except maybe Abraham Lincoln or since Abraham Lincoln, leaving out Lyndon Johnson, who single-handedly uh, created and was able to pass the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 or 65, and he did it by twisting arms. He did it in a world where the Dixiecrats uh, really didn't want it to happen. I mean, they, th- that was an extraordinary move. So, uh, you know, uh, let's look at history. A lot of revisionist history was going on. A lot of misstatements. Uh, we've tested more for the virus than any country in Europe put together. Uh, well, uh, we're a big country, Uh and we've conducted 40 million more tests than the next closest nation. Well, the indicator is tests per capita, not even close. And uh, was talking about the travel ban uh, from China. There were holes in it. Still hundreds of thousands of people came in from China, or at least tens of thousands of people. Uh, the United States has among the lowest case fatality rates of any major country in the world. Really? Uh, 22% of all the deaths internationally are the United States. But we have the lowest uh, case fatality rate in the world. I mean, just absolutely outright. And, I mean, a a lot of uh, facts that we're saying, oh, we will always uh, and very strongly protect patients with pre-existing conditions, and that's a pledge from the entire Republican Party. That's an outright lie. He talked about it early on, and the only thing the Trump administration has done is try to unravel Obamacare and have it declared illegal, pre-existing conditions. If the pre- if the Republicans and the presidents and the president actually is able to uh, eliminate Obamacare, which they've been trying, I mean, dozens of times, ex- pre-existing conditions disappear. That protection disappears, and he outright said it's important to us it's a basic tenet of the Republican Party. That's an utter lie. It's not true. It's revisionist. That's the problem uh, that that just bothered me. That statement and a few other statements. And then the attack, uh, again, it was not a personal attack on Joe Biden, uh, but the way he describes America and others describe America if Joe Biden gets elected. Uh, it's uh, It's Mad Max. Literally. America becomes Mad Max. Anarchy, uh, protesters in the street that really aren't protesters. There's no such thing as a protester in Donald Trump land. They are thugs. They are arsonists. They are criminals. Uh, Joe Biden is in favor of those. Uh, Interestingly enough, the ones who have guns, uh, Joe Biden is going to take away their guns. I guess, but... um, uh, White America or America who has guns, uh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of, come on, one, it's one way or the other. But he talks about a socialized country where uh, I am here to build up America. Joe Biden is here to destroy America. 
I mean, it was literally put in those terms. You talk, I'll tell you one thing, it was right. Uh, this is a stark, stark division uh, as to which way America is going to go. Uh, it's not that complicated. Now, is this statement about being uh, an Ivanka statement at Melania about being pro-African-American, is that going to resonate? Mm. He talked about how successful the administration, as Mike Pence did, in dealing with a pandemic. In uh, Trump world, the pandemic is basically over. We have beat it. Look how successful we are. Look at our leadership. Uh, we've done more testing and the ventilators. Not one word about how 180,000 Americans have died. Not a word. Because that really, that's not important. What's important is look what I have done for America. And by the way, for those of you that are laying into me for criticizing the president, I want you to refute anything I've just said. I truly want you to refute it. Tell me that he did talk about 180,000 uh, Americans uh, dying. Tell me that he uh, did talk about how much trouble we're in. Tell me that he did talk about how we're behind the rest of the world. Just tell me that that's one of the reasons why he is behind. Oh, by the way, tell me he's tell me he's not behind in the polls. Say in reality, the polls that show him eight points behind really make him eight points ahead. See, we're just misunderstanding where it's going. So it was just fascinating uh, things that we expected, things that we didn't expect. Uh, trying to hit for the middle. That happened. It was, uh, let's go for the African-American vote. Let's go for uh, the middle class vote. Uh, let's go for any Democrat we can get our hands on to move over. And just an attempt to go, oh, and describing uh, Joe Biden as a radical left winger. I think everybody knows that Biden is a moderate. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, that's left wing. That's radical. Uh, and I guess his position is any Democrat is a radical. And the takeover. So uh, what do you do with that? Well, I'll tell you what we do. We vote in November and we'll see what resonates and what doesn't. And I think everything is pretty well baked in anyway. I think we, unless you have something extraordinary going on, uh, I think everybody has made up their mind. That's for sure. All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, moving to Kenosha, which has uh, become just a huge, huge issue, of course. And uh, Jacob Blake, who was shot in the back seven times, uh, we all know the story. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I'm thinking is uh, George Floyd naturally is the biggest story, which set off the entire movement, much like Harvey Weinstein set off the, uh, the Me Too movement. Uh, but I, I think Jacob Blake is uh, very quickly becoming number two on this one uh, in terms of response. And maybe it's only because of a timeline, because it happened so recently. But I, I want to talk about Kenosha itself, the town, which most of us don't know very much. Uh, it's a former industrial town, 100,000 people. 
the unions thrived. Uh, there were car plants there. There was one major car plant. Uh, people made uh, very good livings there. And the car plant closed. And so you have protests, protests going on during the day now. And then late night riots and the vigilantes carrying assault rifles and fires are burning. The National Guard is on the street. And it has, uh, like many other uh, places, uh, has just exploded. And Kenosha has become the focal point. It's the latest uh, chapter of the debate over race and policing and protesting. And uh, President Trump has singled out Kenosha uh, as he vows law and order. While the vice president, former vice president Joe Biden, looks at what is happening around the country and says uh, that justice must and will be done for Jacob Blake. Uh, Four years ago, when Trump uh, barely won in Wisconsin, Kenosha County flipped red by 238 votes. That's it. And the county would have stayed blue. The head of the local NAACP saying uh, he was disappointed that Blake has been uh, being gunned down, has turned him into a spectacle. And that's the other issue, too, because you have families um, of uh, people who were killed. And while you do have some vocal people going out and talking about injustice and how the police should be dealt with and the horrors of policing in general. You also have family members saying, please don't use the death of our loved one as the basis for what is going on, as the basis for these protests that turn violent. And the police chief uh, has said uh, that his city, Kenosha, once known for the American Motors, it was an American Motors plant there that hired, that had thousands of people working is now known for violence. And then not only did you have the shooting of Jacob Blake, but also the arrest of 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who with his assault weapon uh, killed uh, two people and arguing self-defense. He was there. The protesters were going past him. There were uh, all kinds of um, movement going on. People were running. It looked like, according to the video, that... He was being chased after by a protester who, uh, once he hit the ground, uh, we're talking about Rittenhouse, promptly shot the protester, killing him. If you want to call the guy a protester, I don't know. Uh, Because at that point, uh, the protester, if you want to call him, and uh, I I don't know. I know he wasn't carrying any weaponry. I know he didn't have a brick in his hand or a Molotov cocktail. The intent was, I don't know. But... Even if he had a uh, an intent to do damage, you know, shooting him with an assault rifle, that's uh, that's a little bit far. And uh, that's exactly what the police have determined in the D.A. He's been charged with first degree murder. Uh, Rittenhouse is looking at spending the rest of his life in prison. Um, Kenosha used to be a union stronghold because of uh, the American Motors plant. And what's happened in recent years, by the way, the plant shut down in 2012 and immediately Kenosha went in down uh, downhill and started spiraling. Whenever you have a uh, one industry or one company town, uh, it gets really bad, like in West Virginia and Virginia, when you, where you see the coal mines that are rapidly shrinking, uh, it makes it very difficult for those towns. 
So in recent years, uh, jobs have come back, but the kind of jobs that have are distribution centers, Amazon, Uline, all non-union, which makes a huge difference. So now you have this little town, which is 80%, 87% white, and very few blacks in this town has become another flashpoint. And we're going to hear uh, Kenosha now being put into uh, the same conversation as Minneapolis, uh, as Charleston, uh, as Los Angeles, and Portland. Los Angeles, of course, historically way back during the Watts riots and the Rodney King riots, but Portland uh, which is a poster child for the Republicans and Donald Trump uh, fighting Joe Biden and the Democrats, saying that is where America is going to go. You're going to see the thugs, the arsonists, the criminals taking over the city, and Joe Biden will be on the sidelines, at least cheering them on, if not being actively involved in helping them out. What a year. I mean, what a god-awful year. You talk about... I think you can only compare 2020 to 1968 in terms of how America is changing. Uh, so what is going on? Well, the, certainly the, we have uh, the political uh, aspect of what's going on, the race for president. Uh, we have the pandemic, which we haven't seen in over 100 years, anything like it. Uh, and we have the protests. And they've moved into a whole different direction because the movement – for uh, racial justice has expanded to a level that is uh, heretofore unseen, uh, unanticipated, uh, much like the Me Too movement uh, that came about where the way women are uh, are, uh, considered as uh, sex objects and where men were allowed to uh, deal inappropriately with women, get away with it. That's changed, certainly. Well, uh, here's what happened with the NBA, and we know it. Uh, first of all, yesterday, the players uh, chose not to detonate their entire season and blow it up. They voted to come back and finish the season. Uh, we don't know the legacy of this protest. Uh, what we do know is this is a whole new level of civil disobedience when uh, entire, not just individuals, like Bill Russell in 1961, an exhibition game when he got everybody to walk out an exhibition game. Um, and there have been some boycotts. There have been some demonstration before and after the games. But to see an entire league walk out the door, uh, that is a very different thing. Uh, started, I guess you want to bring it back to uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, in a connecting so- social injustice and then seeing teams kneeling, but compared to walking out and shutting down an entire league, that is nothing. So uh, I think what's happening is the Colin Kaepernick issue uh, went forward and it got legs, if you will, uh, because of the racial, actually because of George Floyd more than anything else, because it all ties together, because you have. Uh, Colin Kaepernick talking big picture about racial injustice. Uh, Then you have the George Floyd killing, which brought it to reality. And it's not just a people are being hurt. This man was killed. 
this man was murdered uh, by a police officer, and that became emblematic of what the police do. Certain police, rogue policemen, and this is where I have fights with my nephew. I have fights with other people uh, because the position has gone from police are never wrong to now police are never are never right, and there's never a middle. That's the other thing. There's no such thing as a middle anymore. Uh, there's no such thing as looking at two sides. There's no such thing as looking at a police shooting without saying it's pure murder. Uh, it, George Floyd killing is murder. Uh, a policeman reacting, either panicking or a weapon is there or what's perceived to be a weapon, uh, that's murder too. And so there is nothing in the middle. But now, not only did you have the league walk out, you had baseball uh, where uh, teams uh, had walked out and the Dodgers wouldn't play. And the, as a matter of fact, baseball wouldn't play. Then you have women's soccer uh, and that just starts moving and just forward. Interestingly enough, uh, uh, hockey did not join any part of it. Why? Well, because hockey are a bunch of white people who play. There are very few black people who play hockey. And a lot of teams are from Canada, and there are very few black people in Canada. Uh, But when you talk about the NBA, which is primarily African-American. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, there, uh, it detonates. Racial injustice truly deton- uh, in, is involved in a big way, and it resonates with those players. Yesterday, I saw an interview, and I don't know, I don't know the player's name, but... Uh, I was watching him being interviewed and tears were coming down his eyes as he was talking about how the black man is being treated in America. And here's a guy who makes millions of dollars who uh, could easily just say, yeah, I understand. And uh, say uh, the African-Americans are treated horribly and then go back to uh, his uh, $4 million, $8 million home. Uh, Instead, uh, what I saw is not only tears coming down his face and the way he reacted, here was a black man who connected so deeply with the black experience in America. Even And I don't know where he came from. I don't know if he came out of the ghetto. I don't know if it was a middle-class uh, existence. Uh, I don't know if he went to college on a scholarship. Don't know anything about him. I uh, don't know if he suffered as a kid or didn't suffer. But what I did see was a black man that was so profoundly affected uh, tears were coming down and he just broke down and it was hard to watch and it was hard not to feel, uh, what he was going through. Now, obviously we're not going to understand. I'm never going to understand. Uh, I grew up in a middle-class white home, uh, you know, white house. Uh, 
And so I never connect with that. I can't. But, man, I could sure see how he hurt. That's for sure. All right. Let me go in a different direction for a moment. After the killing of George Floyd, uh, that ignited national outrage. uh, And it filled uh, the streets with protesters, California among the places. And so the legislature was pressed to pass uh, law enforcement, restrictions on law enforcement, uh, police conduct. And uh, about a dozen bills uh, were introduced in the weeks following the killing of uh, George Floyd regarding police accountability and oversight. And you would think that those would pass fairly quickly, and they are not. Matter of fact, legislators are—this is California. It's about as liberal as you can get—are uh, are lukewarm in passing a lot of those reforms. And the backers of the reforms uh, are blaming a shortened session due to the virus. Uh, you've got the wildfires, which is taking a lot of focus. Huge opposition for law, from law enforcement unions that have enormous influence on California politics. And one of them, for example, that failed to advance. And, you know, this makes all the difference. Think about this. Okay, it's easy to say that... An officer has to intervene if witnessing another officer using excessive force. And and this is just one example. And uh, here is the problem. Uh, How liable should an officer be when uh, force is used? It's not considered criminal. It doesn't reach that level of criminal. But it does. It's out of policy for the police department which effectively becomes an administrative decision. Are officers at this point supposed to intervene? When you have Derek Chauvin uh, doing what he did to George Floyd, that's an easy one, all right? No question that's an easy one, which is why uh, the three other officers were charged with aiding and abetting the murder of uh, George Floyd. But what do you do in other instances that are a lot more nuanced than that? And so here's what the police unions are saying is you can't just arbitrarily throw uh, laws changing how law enforcement is utilized. You have to have hearings. You have to look at it. You have to bring in experts. You have to bring in the experience of police officers, what they've seen. You have to bring in the experience of, uh, of victims and people and suspects. What happened? And none of that uh, is happening. Let's just change the law right now. And that's just one. A plan to streamline oversight boards, the sheriff's department. You think that just happens when the legislature says, oh, let's just change it all around? Uh, It doesn't happen that way at all. And so uh, here are the bills that still might go through. Uh, Expand when police records, what police records are made public. You know, for example, uh, all police records of even complaints from uh, suspects or victims have to be made public. Well, how about those that were deemed later on to be frivolous complaints? Because today, let me ask you something today. How many times do you think that if a policeman or woman stops a suspect legitimately, uh, arrests or questions where a complaint is not instantly filed against the police officer. Now, do we make that public? And to what extent? And to and when? And is there a number? 
And how far does the investigation go before uh, that is made public? Uh, Restrictions on how and when rubber bullets and tear gas are used on protesters. You don't think that's a complicated issue? That really has to be looked at very carefully? What are the alternatives? When is it appropriate? How much training? Do you still allow it if there's X number of hours uh, of training? Uh, should there be a licensing uh, requirement where police, uh, where uh, officers have to have been deemed trained uh, in the use of non-lethal force? How far do you go? Can we have some hearings? Nope. Let's just pass it right now. See, that's the problem. So for those people that are really pissed off, the legislature is not moving fast enough. Hey, you know, life is a little bit more complicated than just an instant knee-jerk reaction to everything that's going on. And that's where we are. We want it now. We want instant gratification. But then that's society. That's We've just moved in that direction. All right. Uh, I want to go to uh, a situation where the LAPD looks that they have to change things immediately based on what the complaints are. Uh, Back in January, uh, the L.A. Police Department um, was, uh, well, uh, the L.A. Times uh, reported on uh, the L.A. Police Department's Metropolitan Division, elite division within the LAPD. Uh, And this lawsuit by a cop alleges that commanders in the Metro Division have for years enforced what actually is a de facto quota system. And rewarded cops who identified and arrested uh, gang members, alleged gang members, and punished the cops who didn't do that. And according to the lawsuit, this officer, Samantha Fiedler, uh, said minimums had to be met. And if you didn't make those minimums, you didn't make a gang or a gun arrest or identify a gang member on these field interview cards, for just two days you were told production wasn't good enough. And those that didn't make it were reassigned. And she's not the only one making that allegation. uh, Because now we have a growing number of people who did that. So in January, the Times revealed that more than a dozen cops were under investigation for falsifying information on those interview cards, accused people of having gang affiliation without any evidence whatsoever. And the Times went on to report how the Metro Division measures Uh, The cops uh, in 16 different categories, guns, citations, arrests, those field interviews, uh, and it gave officers incentives to make stops. Well, last month, uh, L.A. County District Attorney uh, Jackie Lacey charged three Metro officers with conspiracy to obstruct justice, filing false police reports, and preparing false uh, evidence. Uh, That is no small deal. Now, the attorneys for the cops all say there's no wrongdoing. And if there is any wrongdoing, it's based on directions specifically being provided by command, the department command. And Fiedler says uh, as soon as she complained and certainly filed a lawsuit, she was stripped of all of her police powers uh, based on just the fears. And when did this happen? Well, it started, according to the lawsuit, that... When the L.A. Times story broke, the Metro commanders got worried about the Times asking questions and then rushed to control the narrative. 
pushing out the whistleblowers, including her and others. And now this thing is blowing up like you can't believe. The department had previously denied those arrest quotas, but did acknowledge tracking arrests and other data as means of assessing performance. Now, think about this for a moment. Of course the police are going to track how many people an officer arrests. How else do you assess performance other than what are you doing out there? How many people are you arresting? How many are legitimate arrests? How many actually go forward? How, what is the evidence that was presented? What each arrest has? So, and I don't know how far you go because uh, a cop arrests a fair number of people. And then you have to ask, uh, are the investigations thorough enough? So as this thing rolls out, we're going to find a couple things. One, uh, policing is a lot more complicated, a lot more difficult. Uh, changes are happening very, very quickly as communities, as police departments, as different uh, district attorneys, as the courts are dealing with this, how the counties are dealing with this. So this is one of those uh, cases uh, that at least seems to be fairly clear-cut. If there was a quota system, now remember, this is all allegations at this point, but three cops have been arrested, and the DA usually doesn't go out of her way or his way to arrest cops if there's no there there. Uh, I'm looking at both uh, CNN and um, Fox News, and uh, one of the big stories that's uh, being carried uh, is uh, the allegation of the president of, uh, that Joe Biden is going to allow these protesters to keep uh, destroying uh, America, and Joe Biden will be part of it. And <clears throat> here's the question: If I'm a, pro- if you're a protester, if I'm a pro- protester, look what happens: uh, unintended consequences. So you're out there protesting, and uh, the, you know that the bad guys are going to show up. I mean, at this point, there is no issue. We talk about mainly peaceful peaceful protesters uh, and protests. We know that. And then you have the, the looters and the arsonists who, of course, get all of the press for the most part. And are the protests which lead to the thugs, as the president uh, describes them, and they are. We're talking about those people who throw the Molotov cocktails and torch police cars and businesses and buildings uh, and loot. Those are clearly the bad guys. The protesters have to know, and of course they do, that that is part of the protest movement. It's a small, horrible part. Not really a protest movement. It's part of uh, the group of criminals who take advantage of the protest movement. And one of the big points the president is making is I'm here to protect you, the citizen, from them, the looters and the criminals. And you need me to do that because Biden, all Biden talks about is how the protest movement is legitimate and we have to protect people from police conduct. And here I am. Donald Trump, and I'm going to protect you because the uh, the cities are in turmoil. The cities, we're, see- we're seeing rioting. And how many people in the middle actually are going to t- 
take that argument and it resonates with them. And I think there's going to be more than a few voters out there. I think unless you are uh, aggressively part of uh, the protest movement and uh, you're willing to say, I'm willing to take a few buildings burning down. I'm willing to take the looting because that's small potatoes relative to the message that we have about police brutality and systematic racism. I'm willing to take that risk. What if it costs the election? What if the consequences from that choice causes Donald Trump to win the election? Well, you talk about a Hobson's choice. And how many people are actually considering that? If I'm a protester out on the street and I see the looting that's going on and I see the criminals at work and I know they're there as a matter of course when I'm protesting and I know that the Trump administration or Donald Trump is arguing, I'm going I'm to be the one that's going to stop those people and if we don't stop those people, this place is going to explode. Think the Watts riots. Think the Rodney King riots. When the city did explode and it was total anarchy. Think Portland, where a group of Marxist, communist uh, protesters took over the inner city, took, uh, took over part of the city and said no police are, in, are, are allowed no fire people are allowed, firefighters. That's what you're going to get if you don't elect me, Donald Trump, as the president. What a choice you have to make. Which way do you go? Is there an answer? Yeah, I think so. I think you can protest during the day and uh, just let the, uh, the bad guys go at it at night, and then that's easy to take care of. Uh, the police are out there because there are relatively few, what, out of uh, 10,000 protesters, for example? How many do you think are out there burning up buildings? A few hundred at the outside, not even. Now, next week, Orange County schools may very well be opening up. For most of the schools, even if there's hybrid learning, uh, LA Unified, there isn't any. It's all online. What do kids do? who are poor, who don't have access to the internet, which is everything now. It's easy to buy a kid a computer. It's a couple hundred dollars. That's, no, that's not an issue. It's making sure the internet is available. And now you're talking huge infrastructure. So what's going on? Well, you're going to see kids outside of uh, schools in the parking lots and in county libraries and McDonald's and Starbucks. That's about 12 million kids who don't have access to broadband and they can't deal with virtual classes. So what are they doing? They're sitting in cars, switch on the air conditioning on and off to save fuel. Uh, Some are on asphalt uh, using portable TV trays as decks, as uh, desks. It's the digital divide is what it is. Pandemic edition. Uh, it's another gap between the haves and the have-nots, but it goes way beyond that. It's not a question of the have-nots not having housing, et cetera, because you can get a, a beyond that. 
it's really hard to get beyond not having a decent education. And then you've got a big issue. How do you break out of not having a good education? That becomes very problematic. And in many cases, it becomes impossible. And it's just not, it's not just poor neighborhoods either. We're talking about rural communities out there, farming communities, where uh, the infrastructure simply isn't there. Washington, D.C., 20% of the households don't have access to high-speed Internet. That's 20,000 kids right there. And low-income students, as you would guess, students of color, as you would guess, get nailed on this. One in three black kids don't have access. Uh, Latino and Native Americans are part of that. One in three black, Latino, Native Americans. Uh, That's almost five million kids who don't have access. So how do you deal with this? Well, this is one where normally, well, you can't just throw money at a problem. This is one where you throw money at a problem. This is specific. This is spending money to bring high-speed internet to the kids who don't have access to it. And as long as they're living in areas where you don't have access, uh, they're going to suffer. And you can't force companies to put in access, put in those lines when they know they're going to lose money. Now, I think you could theoretically, for example, asking for permits. Uh, If there's governmental control, the government can say that's fine. You can put it in over there, but you also have to uh, address this issue. They do that with affordable housing all the time. If you want to build uh, anywhere in California, uh, especially in the city of Los Angeles, where I have some experience and my brother's a developer, uh, then it's real simple. You want to build? 20% goes to affordable housing. Otherwise, you don't get the permit. Thank you. Next in line. Uh, we don't have that yet. Do we need that? Yeah, I'm willing to spend taxpayer dollars on that one. I'm willing to write a check. I'm not thrilled that there's a whole generation of kids who, because they need, it's like uh, school books, like textbooks, and saying to a group of people, a group of kids who are poor, you're not going to get textbooks because it's just too expensive because we don't provide textbooks to everybody and the wealthier kids can buy it and you're just out of luck. That's internet access. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 